All right, everybody, it's the wrap-up of day two at our IAPA expedition. This has been such a great day, hasn't it, Don? You know, it has, Ryan. Uh, you know, we got to spend more time walking the floor today, looking at all the different things that are out there, you know, even going into the arcade section and uh, checking out all the fun that's there. But, uh, you know, we talked about it yesterday, so much to see, so much to do here, and uh, today we were able to explore a lot more of it. Yeah, um, we got to run into some old friends and stuff, and uh, we're going to get to that later. But uh, what are some of the things you saw today that you didn't notice yesterday that blew your mind? You know, I think the one thing that uh, comes to mind is, uh, you know, there's the boat. Uh, the boat. From, from a, a, the Adventureland Resort, uh, you know, from their, their boat ride they're going to open. Uh, I, I thought that looked really, really cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a Zamperla ride. It's a boat. Uh, it's a water coaster, I believe. Uh, right. That's the definition it's falling into. Uh, we put up a YouTube short about that. It was one of our first shorts ever. Really kind of took off. Yeah. yeah, you know, that was something coming down here. You know, we had talked about doing those, and we really didn't have a you know a place uh, you know like this where there's so many of those opportunities to do those. You know, when we're doing the, the podcast and, and, and that, you know, it doesn't lend itself to that. But, uh, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to introduce that. A lot lot of fun little clips out there and uh, you know we hope you get a chance to see those and I think you're going to enjoy uh, that's kind of your first look at a lot of the attractions that are here if you weren't here. Yeah um, I, I was looking over at uh, one of the shorts that I put up was uh, the reindeer singing. Yeah. That was really neat. Really good animatronic singing uh, uh, you know, jingle bells or something but they looked really cool and they had uh, um, Penguins. What is they peacocks? Yeah. They weren't peacocks. They're penguins. Yeah. They were singing too. So uh, that was very Chuck E. Cheese like. You had to hit a button to get them to go. That was kind of neat. You know, as you walk around the floor, Ryan. You know, when you, you talk about the different events. You know, if you have Halloween events at your park, you have uh, Christmas events at your park. You know, all the different uh, you know props and decor and everything that that's imaginable. You know, it's, it's here on display on the floor. Oh yeah, I completely agree. It's um, I, you know, the one thing that really kind of blows my mind is. Every year, okay, when I first, we discussed this yesterday with the wrap-up, but I never knew how much was into this. There's a company that makes the carpet, there's a company that makes the truss structure, there's a company that makes the digital signs, there's a company that makes the rides. Um, but the thing that's blown me away this year, especially having taken the last two years off, is that there's been such an expansion. There's a lot of Christmas stuff here because a lot yeah. more parks have added Christmas, you know? Uh, so there, we see, there's a whole section of Christmas trees and fake snow and real snow and all sorts of stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just like I said, it's been fun today exploring the floor a little bit more than we were able to do yesterday and, uh, you know, still have another day left to, to even see what, what else is out there. We do, and uh, one of the highlights of today was uh, we got to visit our friends at Skyline Attractions and, uh, you know, Jeff was being a chatty Kathy, so we didn't get a hold of him, but uh, my old friend Matt Sakel, uh, who's one of their engineers, actually sat down and talked to us. This is what Matt had to say. All right, everybody. It is day two of the IAPA Expo 2022. I'm here with Matt Sakel of Skyline Attractions. He's one of the engineers here. Matt, how long have you been with Skyline? Uh, I've been with Skyline Attractions for about six months now. Six months, so you're a newbie. I'm pretty fresh, yeah. Awesome. So day one, how did it go for you here at IAPA? Uh, it was crazy busy. Uh, I don't think I anticipated how many people were going to be just coming by to talk, but it was a whirlwind my first day here. Awesome. So uh, the other day, uh, you guys, before IAPA, announced uh, Trail Runner. It's a new family coaster. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? 
So Trail Runner is our step up from our children's Skeddy Coaster models. It's a little bit more thrilling, a little bit more dynamic than the Skeddy Coasters. You can fit two adults comfortably side by side with each other and it should just be customizable to any kind of terrain that you're looking for. Um, and it should just be, uh, you know, a nice like step up from the children's coaster. Awesome. Now, one thing that kind of caught people's attention is the new light package you're advertising on the uh, the Skeddy Bolt coasters. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, every day, like parks are looking to like bring in more people, looking to differentiate themselves a little bit from the competition. So what better way than like lighting up the night sky with some lights and so we developed our Aurora lighting package that can be placed onto our Skeddy coaster or our Trail Runner coaster. This kind of brings some more kinetic energy to your rides. And when someone comes up to your booth, what are the type of questions that they typically ask you? Uh, you know, pricing is one thing. It's always, you know, can this fit in my park? Can this like work for my, my space? Um, you know, tell us what's different about your ride compared to some of the other attractions out there. And you know how can we make this work for our, our space? And when you talk about the Trail Runner Family Coaster, you talk about how this is fit into my park. That looks like you could fit that almost anywhere. You can. It's going to be customizable to any sort of space that you have. Uh, as you can kind of see here, we kind of made this go to the terrain. It hugs the ground really low, so you don't really need to go super fast or super high to get that sense of speed and adrenaline. Well, the other thing about it too is. When you look at the materials and everything like that, it doesn't, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a ride that, uh, you know, cost-wise, it's going to work for you. It's not going to, you're not going to have a lot of added expense just because you're going up high and everything. Correct. Very correct. Are there uh, height limitations or anything like that? Like, how high can you go with the, the trail runner? Um, I think we're trying to aim for something about 50 to 60 feet okay. at its maximum. Yeah, yeah. So nothing too crazy, but enough to get, you know, everyone in the family on at a, a thrilling ride. So, uh, you know, just just for the sake of those who aren't familiar, uh, Skeddy Bowl as well as Trail Runner, what are some of the things that make them different from the, the average coaster that you can get? So the main thing I would say is the way that we construct our track. It is a completely weld-free kind of track system that is bolted together using structural rivets. So the biggest thing and the biggest advantage with that is you don't have to do a lot of the um, inspections that come with things that are welded together. You know, as soon as you introduce a weld into some structural components, you essentially are making a crack. And so those have to be inspected at a very frequent like interval and this frees the park up from having to do anything like that. So that is, that's one of the biggest advantages to our track systems on both these attractions. Very good looking, very unique looking. That's one thing I like about it mm -hmm. from, from a outside standard. Any final thoughts, Matt, about uh, Skyline, about your experience here, anything like that? Uh, it's been a fantastic first IAPA here at IAPA, or at, with Skylines here for me. Um, you know, I hope you guys come and check out our booth and come see what we have to offer. What's your booth number? 4415. 4415. He knew it right off the top of his head. Uh, also, um, uh, so skylineattractions.com, I believe, is your website if you want more information. Yep. Um, so make sure that you uh, check them out. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. Thank we'll you guys. See you again soon. All right. Thank you so thank much. You, Matt. Thank you. Another person we ran into on the floor today, Brian, was Elizabeth Ringus, president of ACE. Uh, she had a lot of information for us, how she became president, uh, you know, a little bit about the club, all the fun things that they do. Here's what she had to say. Awesome. Hey, 
We are back. This is day two of the APA Expo 2022 with, with Elizabeth Ringus, who is Madam President of the American Coaster Enthusiast, the OG, the original, the first Coaster Enthusiast group. Elizabeth, tell us about your rise to the top of the American Coaster Enthusiast. You know, it was something I didn't plan. I really actually came into ACE planning to be a very incognito and just being a member. And I just wanted to get the beast walk back. That was my whole point of membership, but I relocated to Virginia and it became really important to me. I was missing Ace in my life. And so I became the Atlantic Regional Rep so that I could get some local activities going and have just wonderful opportunities literally fell in my lap with volunteering in Ace and felt like it was the right time to share my leadership skills with Ace. Awesome. Well, talk about uh, Ace for those that aren't familiar with it that listen to our podcast. Uh, you know, what does the club do? When did it start? How many members? And where are those members? Yeah, so we have 7,000 members now, and they are spread across 19 countries. And they all just love roller coasters and want to ensure that we're preserving them. But we are, next year, we're going to celebrate our 45th anniversary. We started in 1978, and we cannot wait to celebrate with everybody next year. Awesome. Now, if you're familiar with the movie Roller Coaster, that's kind of the springboard in which started Ace. It is. That's exactly where it all started. Um, the three wonderful men who got us started met at the filming of a marathon related to the filming of the movie and said, wow, you love it. I love it. We need a club for this. And for, we had the first coaster con at Busch Gardens Waynesburg the following year. Awesome. So what attracts you? You mentioned you moved to uh, you moved out of state and you missed being a part of ACE and so on. Uh, Twofold question. One. What do you like about being a member of ACE? And two, what do you like being about the president of ACE? So being a member, it's my friends. I mean, I, I, we all say it jokingly, we came for the coasters, but it's my friends that I renew my membership for because I, some of my closest friends are in this club. I feel like this is the place that I truly get to be my pure, genuine self, that there's no there's no reason I can't be myself, that there's no suburban life, there's no, there's no baggage, it's, this is a safe place, that everybody just come as you are, be who you are, and that's what I really love, is it's a place that no one cares what kind of crazy idea I have, hey, let's take a two-hour drive tonight and go to a park that we've never been to before and drive two hours back again. People will respect me when I say, hey, I have a crazy idea. Let's go take a wild road trip where I think some of my friends that know me as a mom and a professional will be like, that's a really crazy thing to do to go ride a roller coaster. Yeah, I remember when I first started riding roller coasters, you know, I thought, is there other people like me? And then uh, one night I'm riding the racer and there's uh, ace member Marlon Scott. He's in line in front of me. He's got this black satin jacket big ace logo on the back so i asked him you know what, what's this all about and you know through the 20 30 minutes whatever it was for us to go through the queue you know he told me you know where it was based out of uh, how many members uh the you know the the magazine the newsletter which would come out for it and back then there wasn't social media so you had to rely on right letters and that but uh by the time i got off the racer you know i was ready to send uh you know the money in for my membership ten dollars at that time uh but uh you know just a wonderful organization i've really enjoyed uh you know being a member, but also, you know, on the park side, working with Ace, having to come out, uh, you know, being part of different uh, conventions, different events and that. But uh, you're here at IAPA. Uh, what is Ace it's, doing here at IAPA? So here it's about networking, connecting 
and getting an opportunity to slow down and have a conversation. Because when we pass in the parks, we're all sometimes too busy. We're trying to catch a ride, y'all are working. It's hard to get that time to connect with the parks and manufacturers. So this is a time we all get to stop and say, how can we support each other? How can we create a mutually beneficial relationship? What do you need? And what can we do to support you? And it's wonderful to get that time all week to have the conversations, visit, but also just get to be immersed in the development of roller coasters. I mean, this is, it lets us make sure our heart's in the right place, that we're connected with the industry and we're paying attention and listening to. Okay. Awesome. So you said you've been working in the booth. Have you had time to walk the IAPA floor? And if so, what have you seen and what have you been excited about? I have explored a little bit. Most of it was intentional ACE work. I had a few meetings um, with different um, individuals to sit down and really have a good, solid conversation with them of what they'd like our relationship to be. Um, talking to many parks that have come by the booth, we ended up in meetings to talk about what can we do social media-wise? What do? You, how can we support you best? What are we doing that you like? What other ideas are there that y'all have had that we could support and promote and share fun? I mean, that's what our social media is about, is fun. Just getting it out, having a little bit of roller coaster in your day every day, and social media gives you that. Awesome. So, uh, you know, you kind of touched on that, you know, being a member of ACE is about, you know, connecting with your friends with a similar, you know, similar interest and stuff. But if somebody's interested in roller coasters, Talk about some of the benefits. I know you guys have like events at parks and stuff and publications. Talk a little bit about that. So we do. We offer, um, last year we hosted about 77 events throughout the year. So lots of events all over the country and now across the world with East Europe. It's our expansion to East Europe as a region. They're hosting their own regional events now. So you can go to a one or two day event that they host and sometimes they even have a week long event. Um, we have international trips every other-ish year. COVID has us messed up. Um, but we take a group for two weeks overseas. We have amazing publications. Um, Roller Coaster Magazine is one of my favorites. It's just so beautiful. I look forward to open that envelope and see what beautiful coaster is going to be on the cover. Um, great articles, so much talent. We have um, a Discord channel that's exclusive for our members so that they can have Q-line conversations with anybody they meet up with any day, any time. There's always somebody on there chatting. And just offering that, we're really focused on that local community. Having your region gives you a local connection of a small group in a big club. Awesome. Yeah, one of the things, you know, now speaking from the park side, and maybe you're a smaller park and not real familiar uh, with ACE, but I always thought one of the advantages to having ACE come out and, you know, doing some kind of a, a of an event, maybe a one-day event at your park, you know, and sometimes the park will look at, oh, it's only going to be like 110, 120 people, but it's so worth it because you're sending, if it is 110 people, 110 sales reps out in the street talking about your park and how much fun they had. So when they go back to work, they're talking to their friends, they're talking to their family, uh, that they just made this trip there, and, uh, you, you know, that word of mouth, I think that is so valuable. I agree with you. You're exactly right that we are. We're the salespeople. We want to tell everybody about what cool parks we visited and what we got to experience there. And it's not just about the roller coasters in the park. We want to talk about the whole experience. Yes, we love the roller coasters, but it's also one of the really cool flat rides, which you need. What, we're all about the food. Yeah. What good food did I have? <laughs> I love some good amusement park food. So, you know, it's just we want to share that whole experience. But I think most of all, when we go back, it's about telling them what great memories we made. 
and really just encouraging people to get out to a park and have some good, wholesome American fun, overseas fun, European fun. It's perfect for the whole world. It's just good, wholesome fun. All right, Elizabeth. So someone's watching at home. They're interested in coasters. They want to learn more. What do they do? They go ridewithace.com and they click join right there on the front page and join all the fun with us. It's only $35 to be our associate member or 50 if you want our publications. So something that can easily work into the budget even and we have family discounts too. Awesome. That will be linked in the description, of course. Just do the 50. You want the publications, trust me. So you want those, yeah. Awesome. Any final thoughts, Don or Elizabeth, before we... You know, just a great organization. I've been familiar with them for the past 42 years now. And, uh, you know, just some wonderful people, lifetime friendships, definitely worth looking into if you're interested in the industry. Awesome. And just have fun. Awesome. And Elizabeth, we've been hoping to, hopefully we'll have you on the sh uh, full-blown show. It's about an hour or so, and we'll, we'll talk more about ACE, more in depth, more about your experience and so on. But again, aceonline.org, if you're interested in more information, and uh, I think that's your Twitter handle as well. We're a Ride with Ace. Ride with is our Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. correct. Aceonline.org. Yes. Ride with Ace, at Ride with Ace is the Twitter handle. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. That will be linked in the description, I promise. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And enjoy the rest of the show, all right? Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. And, yeah, enjoy the show, y'all. Enjoy such great exploring. Awesome. Right, enjoy you. the rest of the week. Yeah, it was great meeting uh, Elizabeth Ringus. Uh, she was really, really nice. Uh, very, uh, you know, mom and friend. And yeah, really, I, I really liked her. But you know what? That She's not the only ace, shall we say, legend. She's a future right. legend. Uh, Richard Munch, who founded Ace. He's the OG, the original He's a founder of ACE. He sat down and talked to us, uh, but he's not here for ACE necessarily. He's here for ACE's National Roller Coaster Museum, which is going to be opening in the next 18 months or so. Um, and this is what he had to say about that. It's day two of IAPA, and we're excited to be joined right now by Richard Munch. Richard is the founder of the American Coaster Enthusiast. You know, we talked about them a little bit earlier today. Richard, talk about how that came to be. Well, there was a film called Roller Coaster. I got involved with the production, uh, site, site production. And we, uh, in, in effect, Universal had a marathon at King's Dominion. And I met two other gentlemen. We got together. And over French fries, we discussed science fiction uh, conventions. And they said, why don't we do a roller coaster convention? So we ended up doing the very first convention at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg. They opened the Loch Ness Monster. We had our ERT exclusive ride time for one hour, and it was about 50 people showed up. So that was the first convention. At that point, we established the American Coaster Enthusiast. That was the name chosen. And uh, it's moved on from there. It's almost 50 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so, just amazing how that club has grown. And, I mean, again, and there's a lot, a lot of people involved with keeping that going. Right. A lot of people So involved. I've got to ask. So you were the, the original member of ACE. You're essentially the founder of ACE. Uh, you've served as the uh, historian for ACE, right? I was a president, I was a historian, and then I moved on to this a separate entity now, the National Roller Coaster Museum. Okay, and we will absolutely get to that. But let me ask you this. You're the absolute best person to ask this to. Your favorite roller coaster of all time. <laughs> so hard to choose, isn't it? That's a hard question. It's always a hard question. Uh, of all time, probably the Cyclone, the Beasties in there. Uh, I love Boulder Dash. I liked uh, there's so many. Uh, it's hard to pick a, 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 the one I would. It's like but yeah, I grew up. Kid, right? I grew up with the Cyclone. 
you know, I spent a lot of time at the Cyclone. I got to know them operations. Okay. So I really had a good time there. Uh, the Cyclone has changed. It's not as, uh, doesn't have that deep drop it used to have, but it's okay. Yeah. People love it. But I, you know, I love the, all, I'm, I do like wood coasters and I, there's some steel coasters I really like. The Beast is very dear to me. Because yeah. uh, I, I, I mean, that coaster opened basically when Ace was started. Yeah. So it's got the same homeless history. So I hope nothing ever happens to it. All right, you mentioned now you're involved with the National Roller Coaster Museum. Talk about that and, uh, you know, what's all happening on that front? Well, we started, we started uh, Jeff Novotny from Boston International. He took over at one point and he said that uh, he's got some land available for us in Plainview next to his factory. He would give it to us for nothing. We would uh, we would have a situation issue no issue with ownership or anything. We started to build these buildings, and uh, one thing after another, we built one building, another building, another building, and we ended up uh, with this complex. And it's uh, over 2,000 square feet. I'm sorry, over 20,000 square feet. Uh, the first building was 2,000. Then we went from there, and, and it's it's a it's a work in progress. Well, any museum is, right? So uh, the National Roller Coaster Museum, anybody can visit that, or is that just an ACE thing? Or No, it's not open yet. Uh, we, oh, it's not we're, build, we're building, we're, we're finalizing now exhibits, and we're going to build some exhibits. We're going to eventually, we're trying to open it in the next, say, next 18 months. Okay. Uh, and uh, again, what city is that in? Uh, Plainview, Texas. Next to the Larson factory. Next to the Larson International, right. yeah. Two yeah. stops for the price of one, the Larson factory and the National. Yeah, they probably will give you a tour. I would think they would. Uh, it's we're excited about it. I mean, we've got a very large collection of stuff. Yeah, I've seen the different things coming in, the different pictures from that. And they it keeps shared coming. and this yeah. keeps coming. I and you know, you look at something like this here at IAPA, and just the number of you know, like amusement park fans and that that come down here, and just you know, they're mesmerized by all the things they see on the show floor. But uh, just the history and everything that you're going to have in there, uh, I think it's definitely going to be something that's going to attract a lot of attention once it does open. I, I we hope it does. That's all we can hope for. Uh, we know the location is a little bit off the beaten path, but uh, it's the only offer we had, and it's a, you know, we, we've sort of, a, it's like a free-form thing, it just keeps growing and growing, and we're very excited about it. I think, I think the initial response is going to be very good, because there's a lot, it's like, it's like a candy, like, like a candy store for roller coaster addicts. Yeah. Like, How you know, many items would you say you have right now that are stored there? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, paper-wise, it's probably uh, 100,000 items. Uh, their car, we have well over 60 cars. Uh, we have tra track from several roller coaster pieces, pieces of track from coasters that have been torn down. Uh, you know, we have a piece of the, we have the only piece of the Texas Cyclone that's left. Uh, we have uh, we have a car from the Cyclone in New York. We have a Matterhorn car from Disneyland. So we, we have some really very special things, and now is the opportunity to to exhibit it properly. So that when you walk into like any museum, you walk in and it's a transition. You go from piece to piece, and you, and you learn about the industry, and you learn about roller coaster. So you know, obviously, what you're doing as far as the museum and the education piece of the history is very, very important uh, for any subject matter. So thank you for doing that. But I have to ask you: Have you had the opportunity to walk the floor at IAPA 2022? And if so, what's some of the roller coaster technology that's blown you away this year? Uh. I haven't had the opportunity as much as you think I have. I didn't really see that much so far. I figured tomorrow I'll spend more time walking the floor. 
but uh, no, I, I think that technology safety has become a very important thing. You know, a lot of the coaches right. today do a lot of things that 20 years ago we weren't doing, and, and so now, you know, safety, keeping the person safe so that they can't fall out, they can't get hurt. And, I, and you see in the fact that nobody's really getting hurt. You don't see too many accidents. And I think that's part. That's the tallest man in Connecticut, by the way. So uh, he is. So anyway, uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but you did. You did. No, no, no I, I really like that. Obviously, safety is very important. Um, you know, technology changes throughout the years. This year, for example, I'm sure you're aware of like SeaWorld Surf Coaster. Right. That's that's something that you know, it's taking an old ride concept, a stand-up ride, which is kind of fallen out of favor putting a new twist on it right. and now everyone's excited about it so I think well, that's really cool I mean in, in essence it's a gimmick but it, the point is it's what if it's successful it's a great gimmick I, I don't know what it's going to do I mean I, I guess you're going up and down and, but I mean I'm looking at a lot of the stuff today and, it, and it's just, some of it blows me away it's just like wow yeah. this has come so like you said 20 years it's come so far absolutely now when you first got interested in roller coaster you mentioned like the cyclone and that and you're seeing you know about at that time that was like you know tall you know that was that was a big first drop in those kind of things <laughs> so you you think back to then and then what you see now where you got coasters and they've got 300 330 340 foot uh you know drops they're reaching speeds you know 90 plus and everything like that Did you ever think you'd see something like that uh Yes and no. I, I heard most designers at the time said it will never go over 100 feet. And then, then they went to 125, and then 150, and then, you know, over 200, and then now we're 300, and who knows what. Yeah, I, it, it was a progression, it was a development, and it, keep, it kept moving forward. I, I, you know, I'm very happy with it. I, I don't know if it's really necessary. The beast doesn't have that kind of height, and it's a great ride. Right, right. Uh, other rides are too tall, and they, you, they have so much energy when they come into the station. It's, you would like it to go another couple thousand feet. Yeah. So I can see. You that. know, the technology—it depends on what the park, what the clients want. So awesome. Well, Richard, it was uh, really an honor to have you on here. We'd love to have you on a full episode sometime. Are you interested in doing that? Sure. A full hour over Skype. Sure. We'll That'd be great. Talk to Richard, and uh, you know, as always, always great chatting with you. Great okay. seeing you. Good and to see Richard you. Richard and I go back. A long way. We both had hair when we first met each other. It's not right. true. You're not right. true. <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you once again, Richard. We will definitely be in contact. Thank and you. Enjoy the rest of the show. It's a great show. Awesome. Thank you. And another individual that we enjoyed speaking with today is Scott Boyles. He is with RMC, and uh, we had a chance to talk to him uh, about uh, designing uh, coasters for RMC, but also about the new Wildcat Revenge train that was unveiled this week at IAPA. And we are with Scott Boyles. He's a designer with RMC. Scott, what do you design? Well, uh, roller coasters. Big, fast roller coasters. Um, I'm a structural designer, so uh, I detail out lots of little parts and pieces. Anything between the track and the foundations, my responsibility, making all the fab drawings, uh, and then all the installation drawings, construction drawings, getting all that shipped to site and installed in the right spot. and. That's, Sounds like a lot of my job. there. Yep. Yeah, it seems like RMC has really taken the industry by storm. They're actually rebirthing a bunch of old wooden coasters. Uh, I've always been curious. So when you're dealing with an, exi an existing structure, like uh, let's say Wildcat at Hershey Park, um, what does it take to actually use that structure and then create a new structure that's safe, sound, efficient, and not completely tearing it out? Yeah, so uh, there are definitely some complications. Uh, the first thing is just the size of the ride. If it's a, say, a medium-sized ride, uh, maybe like a Wicked Cyclone or a Joker, uh, it's a little bit easier. The, 
the loads on the structure are quite a bit less, so it makes it a little bit easier to use the existing structure. Uh, for something like your, your steel vengeance or your, especially like an iron quasi, uh, or even like Hershey Park is going to have some of the same complications because we are going taller, we're going faster. Uh, we end up having to pour a lot of new foundations to help out the, the ride. Um, but we are trying to use uh, as much of the existing structure as possible. That's always been the idea. It helps keep the cost low. Uh, but you don't know really until you get onto the job site what the condition of the wood is. Sometimes you end up removing a lot more than you anticipated just because the quality of the, uh, the existing wood isn't up to par. Uh, but with these, these big fast rides, the loads on the structure is just very large. So it does kind of complicate uh, the, the engineering and the design. And you'll see a lot of like steel pipe batters on the structure to help with like wind loading and it's just a, a really efficient way to to get low to the ground without outing a bunch of new wood structure well scott uh as you're designing uh roller coasters for rmc do you prefer the ground floor up where you get to start from scratch or taking an existing structure and then trying to see if you can make magic with it i would say personally uh i like the design problems that we see in remodeling an existing ride mm -hmm. And I think even the, the engineers that are doing the ride layout for us prefer something along that line as well. Um, I mean, if you're going from ground up, it's such a blank slate. You don't really know what to do exactly. If you have an existing ride, there's already like some parameters to work with. And it starts to suggest some of the stuff that could happen. It suggests some potential as you're, as you're designing. So I think it really helps kind of the creativity having something to work with, having some of those constraints, whereas a blank slate, it's like you almost don't know where to start. There's there's nothing to work with. So one of the most anticipated uh, rides coming to the industry uh, in the coming months is going to be Air Force One at Fun Spot Atlanta. Can you talk a little bit about that project? Sure. Um, so that one is a ground up. It's going to be a, a steel structure, angle iron, uh, Frames similar to our, our wood structures, but it's it's all steel. Um, one of our large steel lift trusses. It's got a big Raven turn and stall uh, for those first elements, and then uh, lots of airtime hills, and even kind of a, a unique little jump over their arcade onto that backside. Uh, so some kind of unique elements that we haven't done before, and I think it's going to be a sort of a a great banner for the park just being like right there on the highway it's going to be very iconic visible uh so it's gonna be a good ride awesome you know yesterday the unveil of the wildcat revenge coaster it's going to be at hershey park talk yep. about this i mean this yeah. amazing just the detail and i you know that's going to be a great visual for photos and video and everything that's coming down the drops and around the turns and that uh, talk about this sure so uh we've gotten a lot of compliments on uh the artistic uh, portion of the train. I think they did a, a really good job with the theming and uh, the gentleman that, that does the actual like fiberglass work with us, I think executed very well. Um, I think everybody's really happy with it. Um, I did the unveiling on Tuesday, uh, first day of the show. Uh, had a really good turnout for that. I think everybody's excited for the ride. Um, this is gonna be another uh, steel lift truss. Um, it's got a underflip element, which is one of my personal favorite elements. So I'm excited for that. And it's uh, actually the world's largest underflip. Um, but it's, uh, it's a really tight uh, site. 
for the most part and it's just going to create a lot of like interesting pass-throughs through the structure uh it's going to be another just intense fast ride yeah it looks great thank you um so I, i'm not sure if you could directly speak to this and obviously every situation is different but generally speaking if a park is exploring either converting a old wood coaster mm -hmm. to a, a hybrid or building ground up is there a cost advantage to either one um i wish i knew the numbers a little bit more um i'd say there's definitely some advantages there's some pros and cons to both um i mean obviously if we can reutilize a bunch of the existing structure that's going to save some money there's a lot less foundations to pour if they're already existing so just some of like the volume of work obviously there's a little bit less if you're doing a, a remodel versus a, a ground up but there's some ambiguity i guess in doing a remodel um like i said there's you're not exactly sure if the the wood's in good good condition so I may have detailed some of the structure to be one way, they decide they can't use it, and now I've got to go back and remake drawings. Uh, so you've got to kind of be on your toes for a remodel, where if it's a, a ground up, I know what to expect. I know where the foundations are going to end up. I know what the structure is going to be. I can do it once, it's going to be done, and I know it's going to be right. So, so you, you mentioned a couple times that you generally uh, make, I guess, well, let's call them assumptions as to what wood you can use and what wood you can't. Uh, so walk us through that process. Is that something like, your, your engineers, your field engineers get on site and then they look at something and they're like, okay, this is not going to cut it. They send it back to the drawing board, back to you. Is that how that works? So uh, the structure, when, we're, when we very first start, we're going to define sort of where we think the existing structure will stop and where the new one will begin. And that structure will get analyzed in that manner. Um, when our construction crews show up onto the job site, and they actually start sawing the lumber, they're gonna make a judgment call of whether or not that lumber is good. And they're gonna report back to us, say, hey, we gotta tear all this out, so. And that's not a problem from engineering because uh, the way that we would detail out that structure is a lot stronger than what is existing anyway. So it's not just, it's not necessarily a problem from an engineering standpoint, it's really just the cost of the new lumber. You know, Scott, if I'm at a park and I come to you and let's say I've got a wood coaster, it's about 3,800 feet long, um, and I say we want to do this conversion. Mm -hmm. From the time that you get approached uh, to the the ride being you know completed with the construction, what is that turnaround time? Uh, I'd say maybe just over a year. Um, a lot of times, what happens is the parks are kind of waiting to see what their budgets are going to be for the year and whether or not they can take on a project. Um, if we've already if they've already reached out to us and we have a proposal and we can just move on it um uh, it's going to be pretty quick uh but generally let's say i'll go out and survey in the spring for a ride uh hand that to engineering they'll do the ride layout the structural analysis uh we're we're going to start fabricating uh probably middle of the summer uh, so that process maybe takes a couple of months to do the engineering. Uh, we'll be designing for about four months, fabricating until about January. And I mean, they always want the ride open in the spring. So it's kind of a spring to spring rotation. Uh, it really just kind of depends on where they've reached out to us, when they reached out to us and how many iterations of the, the proposal we go through. Okay, Scott, one of the biggest things that RMC has announced uh, and everyone always talks about it, always, always, everyone always speculates about it, is the T-Rex. Yep. So, 
my question for you, if you can answer, is where are you guys in that pro project? Are you looking for a buyer at this point, or is it still being engineered? Is it still a concept? Like, where does it sit right now? I think uh, we want to have the right interest in that. Um, so if a client uh, comes to us and expresses some interest in doing, say, a 300-foot-tall coaster or something like that, I think that's that's where that track would come in. Um, right now, the, the remodels and the Raptor tracks are doing real well for us, so we haven't necessarily spent the time to, to develop the T-Rex past sort of a concept. Um, but if we had the right interest in it, we would absolutely start developing the, the new trains, the track, the structural system, okay. and start adding uh, some more detail to that. It, yeah. is, the, is the track generally based off of the single rail track? Uh, for the T-Rex, yeah, it's okay. going to be a single rail. It's going to be similar to the Raptor, just large. Awesome. So, and it seats two across, right? Um, I don't know if that's necessarily been defined yet. I okay. think it could be <laughs> it could be many different things, yeah. That's why we ask these questions, because yep. we make assumptions that are not correct sometimes. But that's really cool. Yeah, that's been a really exciting thing, and I think that you will have the right, the right fighter, shall we say, at the right time. So generally speaking, though, your goal with that is to have the taller, faster kind of situation. You want to have the giga, the tall hyper, that kind of thing. Uh, am I correct with that, or are there other elements that are unique to the T-Rex track? Um, you know, I would imagine that it would be able to do some of the same things that these other rides do. Um, we are changing the center of gravity, so uh, the ride dyna dynamics potentially are going to be different, and then just depending on what we feel uh, is going to be the best design for the train, whether are we doing side-by-side, -side, are we doing four across, are we doing six cars, ten cars. I mean, none of that's really been defined, but a lot of that changes the, the ride experience and what you're able to do. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens, I guess, with the T-Rex. The awesome. A lot of potential still. All right, well, uh, Scott, thanks for your time. RMC. Absolutely. Where can they find you on the website and social media? Uh, oh, I should know this. Uh, RockyMTNConstruction.com is right. the website. Uh, if you guys see anything at the show, our hashtag is RMCIT. RMCIT, okay. Yeah. okay. So anyone in the industry, make sure you reach out to Rocky Mountain Construction. You know who they are. You know what they do. Who's out there? Who's going to bite on that T-Rex? Who's going to top Air Force One? Who's going to have the next great conversion? All great questions, which will probably be answered in the next few years. But, Scott, thank you so much. It was a Absolutely. real pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Thank yep. you. Well, Don, day two is uh, pretty much in the books now. So do you have any final thoughts or any anything going through your head at this point, halfway through our journey? You know, uh, what I thought about today was, uh, you know, we wish there was more than a couple of days left of this uh, convention that, uh, you know, we keep talking about a lot of things to see and do and so many people to meet and talk with uh, that have a lot of interesting products out there. Uh, we wish we had more time to talk to everybody, but, uh, you know, we don't. Uh, but uh, that that's really my biggest takeaway is uh, just how many things there are here. And, uh, you know, you only have so much time. So we're trying to, to get to the ones that we think are going to be the most interest uh, to, to you, our audience. Absolutely. So everybody stay tuned. We still have our last day on the IAPA floor, and then we'll have a little bit of fun at the parks. We'll share some information with that. But uh, some great interviews lined up for tomorrow, people you're going to want to hear from. So make sure you're following the Attractions Group podcast on YouTube and search for the Attractions Group podcast on your favorite podcast app. Great way to go. Oh, and yeah, Twitter.
at attractions underscore GRP. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. That's right. Everybody, good night. We will have more content for you tomorrow.